Hello and welcome to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast. My name is Dave Ahrens and I'm the founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. In this podcast, we interview our Unbundled Attorneys as well as the leading experts in the industry to identify the best practices for converting leads into paying clients and how to ethically and profitably deliver unbundled legal services and other affordable options in your practice. To learn more about how exclusive unbundled leads can help you grow your practice, visit our website at unbundledattorney.com. All right, welcome to the Emerald Attorney Mastermind Podcast. We are happy to be uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee with uh, none other than Brandon Potter and Robert Foster, uh, who have been um, attorneys with us for quite some time. And it's been quite a rocket ship story uh, in terms of uh, their the scale and the speed of growth that they've been able to accomplish in a relatively short period of time. So this is a, a long overdue episode of you know how to effectively scale a practice. And we're going to be really unpacking the the rocket ship journey that it's been up to this point. So really looking forward to uh, sharing the story and and uh, and the, just the success you guys have had and uh, hopefully uh, peeling off some of the ways in which you guys have been able to do it so successfully. So I appreciate you guys making the time. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate Thank you, it, Dave. Yes, indeed. You're the reason we're here. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, we're happy to be involved in that regard. So, uh, And it's really exciting to see what you guys have been able to accomplish. Absolutely. So what I'd love to play, do is just you know set the frame for us. Maybe you guys can just start uh give a little bit of background each of you guys in uh in the practice of law and then we can kind of share where you know from where you guys were at and to where, where we've been accomplishing and then start to unpack it but why don't you give just a little bit of background on uh where you went to law school and how you got started in the practice of law first go ahead sure uh i went uh, undergrad here at the university of tennessee in knoxville mm -hmm. i went to the university of memphis uh law school uh came out in 2000 uh, ran a practice in Greenville, Tennessee for multiple years. Uh, lucky to have about four associates working under me within about two years. Uh, and then I went into business in about 2007 and eight and kind of went outside of the practice of law for a while. And then probably about 2013, I came back to practicing law uh, to, to take another stab at it. And my goal was simply at that point to, you know, make, a buck 25, a buck 50 a year and piddle around in small town, Greenville, Tennessee. And then I run into Mr. Potter here and he kind of had a little different idea and he came to work with me and we worked together for about two or three years before we, before we came across unbottled. And, and uh, of course we'll get to the rest of that story in a minute. And, mm -hmm. and the idea was, you know, just a small town practice. Cause you know, let's face it in a small town, you can set up a shop and you can make a decent living. You're not going to build any wealth. Uh, but you can make a, a decent living as uh, an attorney once told me, says, you know, lawyers, they live rich and die broke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least most of them. I don't think that's going to be the case for us at this point. But anyway, so. Cool. Uh, Brandon Potter. I went to Charlotte School of Law, graduated 2016, came out. Uh, oddly enough, my sister-in-law was getting engaged and I met Robert Foster there. His son-in-law asked my sister-in-law to marry himself. So. Met Robert. He said, come back and contact me after you pass the bar. I did. Started working in Greenville with Robert. Uh, took me under his wing, and it was just the two of us for a while. And after that, things kind of took off once we got a hold of Unbundled. Mm -hmm. Absolutely did. Okay, so let's paint the picture. Uh, you know, Place us in time when we first started working together. Uh, what did the firm look like? What were you guys doing in terms of revenue? And then fast forward to you know, maybe this year and what you guys were able to accomplish in the interim. I'll speak about the start and then Robert can talk about the actual finances behind it, the numbers. Uh, it was March of, of 2020. 
I had been contacted about unbundled attorney. Uh, be truthful, hesitant. Other lead services had contacted me, uh, weren't very good or helpful. Um, so unbundled attorney had helped me through the initial process of learning how to take leads, how to work the leads, how to get the leads and generate income for the firm. Um, so it was April of 2020 when I finally started getting things under wraps and clients started coming in. And then exponentially, the growth just took off from there. And we started increasing the lead numbers as we could handle more and more leads. And, and Unbundled has provided more of those leads as we needed them. Worked with us to start with a few, kind of worked our way into it, and then grew from there. And, and Robert can share the story of the numbers at the firm. Mm -hmm. Well, in March 2020, that's, you know, key to the pandemic, right? When it right, the it's middle like, of it. Started right right in the middle March of it. 2020. Yes. Uh, I'll never forget it because my birthday is on March 14th, and that's the day that that everything shut down in Tennessee. I mean, it was shut down on my birthday. That was March 14th of 2020. And, and just what's happened since then, you know, a lot of people suffered in the pandemic. We, we haven't. The, this worked perfectly at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it came down to to start is that I was at home with a lot of dead time. Courts were closed. Nothing was going on. No one's calling. No one's showing up. No one could even leave their home to come into the office. So you get online and you were contacted and, and here's a system how to generate and work leads and do legal work from your house. Mm -hmm. And no one else was offering anything during the pandemic, let alone anything that helped you grow a practice. Not just maintain your head above water, but actually grow. And Unbundle came in at that time and it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, back, I would say, in March of 2020, before we began with, with Unbundled, and he kind of slipped it by me, like I was telling you earlier, because <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it. And I would have said, no, this is too good to be true. They're a scam. They're, that's exactly no offense, but that's what I would have said based on what we've seen in the past. And, and he kind of came to me on a day that I was really busy. And kind of just overviewed it. And I was like, yeah, just do whatever you want to, Brandon. Just just do it, you know, if that's what you want to do. And, and uh, then a few days later, about a couple of weeks later, he started coming and showing me cash and monies that he collected from it. And then I started paying attention. What the hell is this? And, and you know, in March of 2020, we were doing fifteen to 20000 Hours a, a month in revenue. We had Brandon so and March me. March 2020. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, March of 2020. Uh, you know, and, and we, we basically had uh, um, Brandon and me and one admin person. Mm -hmm. uh, to fast forward one year later, uh, in March of 2021, we did over $200,000 in revenue. Uh, we have since added five new attorneys, uh, one additional partner that's going to be opening a Nashville, Tennessee office. You're aware of that. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, and two additional admin staff. I mean, we have blown up. We've, we've opened an office in Knoxville. Uh, you know, we still have an office in Greenville. We just recently went back and bought uh, the building that the day that Brandon came involved and worked for me the first time we were having coffee. He says, one day you and I are going to be in that building down there. And I kind of laughed. Well, five years later, we just remodeled it. We're moving in our law office in Greenville into the bottom side of it this coming weekend. So, and it's all because of, of unbundled attorney. You did that for us. Now, was it all because of you? No. Mm -hmm. But you brought the fuel to the table. Right. We had to build the race car. Yeah. You know, and so, and you were very helpful with Brandon and building the initial fuel tank and how to fill up that tank. But there's a lot more to it than that. That's right. And, and you know that. Absolutely. Well, I still remember those, those, uh, those early calls. And that first time we got on the Zoom call and we were like, you know, right on the brink of whether we were going to continue moving forward or not. Yes, absolutely. and I was just like, "Hey, man, look, let's just do ten leads. Let's try. Let's implement a couple of these pieces. 
you know, let's get this, you know, the video conversion. Let's talk about leading with limited scope. Let's start with, you know, a few different items that were just essential aspects of running an effective and successful unbundled practice. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, to your credit, man, you said, hey, man, all right, cool. We'll give another shot. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm here to, you know, you obviously were, uh, you know, willing to, to, to be coachable and, and take the feedback, which is sure. great. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, we started to get a little bit of traction and absolutely you know, we started working. So maybe you can describe kind of that, that early stage and then we'll start to unpack, you know, how you guys were able to take it from there. Early stage. I would just like to talk to anybody that's thinking about unbundled or has joined on with unbundled. There are some hurdles to overcome. There are some things you have to learn, some, some systems you have to implement. You have to be coachable. If I started off with a traditional system that we had worked in a traditional firm, the typical way to get clients, the typical way to interview clients, the typical way to sign up clients, do retainer agreements, the typical way to even accept funding for the for the for the clients in the cases, and those things don't work when you're doing an unbundled system. If you take the coaching, which you gave me little weekly, I mean, you reached out and every week we're going to take an hour, sometimes more if needed. Let's work through these cases, and it's you have to have these things put in place. And then once we did that. The next 10 leads that came through were almost all conversions. Mm-hmm. They were almost all conversions. And so at that point, it, it's like, let's do another 10. Mm-hmm. Let's see how those work out to show that this wasn't a hand-selected batch of clients. So these weren't, you know, hand-fed to you. These are real leads. And then the next group kept working. And the next one. Then finally, I think it's the, the point where a coach would look at a player and say, you've got what you need. And, and there were no more phone calls because they weren't needed. But to get me through that first phase I needed the coaching and yeah. it was, it was accepted. And I'm glad you took the time to talk to me as somebody who has created a company of unbundled attorneys and put this out there to people is the fact that you took the time to come out and help and work out and teach me how to do these cases and, and work these leads online because some people are very hesitant to do it. So mm-hmm. uh, now the model is let's get some people in office, you know, in office conversions are much more successful than phone or zoom. Zoom's really good, but in person is the best. But at the same time, it's during a pandemic. People yeah. weren't walking through the door. They weren't allowed to walk through the door. So it's let's figure out how to convert these leads, get them off the phone, get them on a Zoom, get yes. them in front of you, and then convert them to paying clients. Yeah. So and that was, do you remember? So that was one of the main tenants was we were trying to do everything over the phone. So we started to get face-to-face contact with yes. the clients. Mm-hmm. Now, these are folks that are coming off the internet, haven't necessarily met the firm before, aren't familiar with you guys. Yes. And so being able to have that face-to-face connection was really key for them to have the comfort level and trust in order to make the decision move forward in absence of the opportunity to meet with them in person, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And sometimes you can still enroll clients over the phone and it's not always going to be required to do Zoom, but it certainly helps a lot it does. Right, to really get that connection built. Do you remember if there was anything else that sticks with you in those early days that you know we we implemented that helped to shift the way in which you were, you were practicing from the traditional model you described? Uh, the first few leads I took, I was emailing retainer agreements to clients Print them out, sign them, send them back. It was the only means of communication. Uh, biggest thing was putting in DocuSign. Mm-hmm. I absolutely have to have DocuSign or another automated service to execute your retainer agreement on the fly. Have prepaid mm-hmm. or pre-made templates put in place. So you plug in the name, the top of case, the county, the pricing structure, get that retainer out in a matter of one to two minutes. So that's out there so that you can you can hit their needs quickly and get that out to them. So DocuSign was essential. That, that really changed the game of people being able to pull it up on their phone, and then get access to an attorney to sign up and have that retainer, that working contract. And beyond that, um, using a payment processor to be able to accept a down payment or the case in full, and then put them on a monthly payment plan to allow the payments to come through every single month or weekly, bi-weekly, whatever mm-hmm. works out for their scenario. If, if so someone's getting paid, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if somebody needs it weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, you want to put that in place so that they've got access to give you those funds. 
Um, that that's essential too. So the, the big three key pieces were use video, get mm -hmm. someone on Zoom. If they don't have Zoom or can't use Zoom, we would use things like Google Duo, uh, different types of applications like that, just to get them face to face. Sometimes even Facebook, you know, direct Facebook video call, whatever it took to get them in front of me, whatever they had access to, I was using. And then of course using DocuSign and then a payment processor. Those mm -hmm. are the three things that were essential and still are essential to get this to work. Yeah. And if you have those in place, you know, those are the pieces, you know, I would say those are the three wheels of the car. And the, yeah. the fourth wheel is the staff. You know, you've got to have one, two, three, then four to run this car down the strip. And, and I would add, I would add a little bit. That, that's the three things to make the conversions. Conversions. <laughs> yes. To get the, <laughs> to, to get the client yeah. signed up and paying. Yes. Now there's a lot of things that have to occur after that. I mean, the, the follow up with making sure the payments are made and, 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 and managing the calendars and having the staff. And I mean, it's a lot to, yeah. to, to keep up with when you hit that growth. I mean, the, the attorneys can't believe the growth. I'm sure when you're talking to them and they hear these stories, they're like, oh, that can't be true. Well, it is. Absolutely. And buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> because if you, if you do unbundle the way it's intended to be doing, you better be ready to handle the business because it's coming. Absolutely. And if you don't handle it and you don't put the systems in place to not only do the conversions, I mean, if the, those systems are in place, the firm's wasting money paying you guys because yep. the, the, we're not converting what you're providing. Now, once you've done that, if you don't have the systems in place and the attorney and the staff and document this, and I could go on and on and on and on. But if you don't have those implemented and ready to rock, uh, you'll fail. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you'll fail making money yeah. and bringing hundreds of thousands of dollars in the door. And, and, and how do you do that? I mean, you, you, you have to set that up. And that's the trick is getting the staff. You know, you've got to have a financial person that's taking care of all the finances and, and making sure that those payments are made. And when they're not, how is that dealt with, you know, to keep the money flowing in the door? And it's a, it's a process. Yeah. And, 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 but you guys provide the fuel for the tank. Yes. You know, you have to figure out how to build the race car. Yes. And this is, this is an interview specifically for attorneys that, I mean, I think a lot of the tenants we're going to talk about in terms of how to build a scaled practice, but, uh, are going to be applicable to any any umbrella attorney or any sure. attorney that's going to be considering trying to take their practice to the next level. Uh, but this is about scaling a high volume practice. Oh yeah, and taking it to the next level, right? That's right. And this is a this is a, an interview that I think a, a lot of attorneys because otherwise, what you could always do is we could just send a limited volume, right? Okay, take a you know one or two leads a day or you know drip it in and so forth and just have it be you know extra volume. Absolutely. But but that's but it's this next level that a lot of attorneys want to get to because. If if you limit if you're limiting the amount of volume of clients you can handle, like cases you can handle, then you're limited in terms of the revenue and the profitability you're gonna be able to generate. That's right. Okay? It's just a cap on your on your potential as as a as a law firm. Okay. And so this is where, you know, when we get in the conversation around what you guys have been able to accomplish, you know, sure. going from fifteen thousand a month to one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a month in a year, you know, is it takes a a, a systematic uh, you know, hiring process, systems in place to be able to accomplish that yes. uh, if for those that are interested to take it to that next level. And admittedly, right? we still don't have it perfected. Yeah. We're still working on it. I mean, it's like holding a tiger by its tail because it's just coming in droves and we're just piece by piece putting in the management structures and the processes. And another year from now, this, this firm will operate like a very well-oiled machine. Yes. But it takes time to get there. You know, however you choose to do it, you know, you've got to set up the, 
you've got to set up the uh, the factory approach of everything has to be done a certain way every single time so that you're not reinventing the wheel because let's face it in the practice of all 80% of the work works just like a factory. Mm-hmm. Your, 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 your raw materials are data, documents, information, and you're spitting out pleadings and your ultimate final product is hopefully uh, a, an order from a court that is, is uh, preferable to your client or satisfactory to your client. That's your end product. So you've got all these raw materials going through a factory approach. Mm-hmm. And then 20% of the work is the lawyer putting their spin, <coughs> their spin on it or their, you know, their way of handling it and getting it done. And, 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 and you've got to create those systems to, to scale. That's, that is as important as the, the conversion systems, yes. if not more important, because if you don't handle that, yes. then you're going to have a bad reputation. You're in, you know, things will fall through the cracks because mm-hmm. the volume and I know the attorneys that, that haven't experienced, well, they can't believe it yeah. because Absolutely. I wouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, I told you that I wouldn't believe, but it, it happens. It works. I'm, we're living proof of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we're on track to be one of the largest law firms in East Tennessee already, mm-hmm. you know, in a year's time. I can't imagine in three years from now where this firm's going to be. I know it'll be a, another office in Nashville. There'll be another office in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have one in West Tennessee and we'll likely have jumped state lines mm-hmm. by that point. <laughs> Why not? I'm if sorry. we got the systems in place and the leads are coming, let's go make it as big as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is, this is the common challenge that, you know, any, I'm, I'm an attorney that comes on board with us is, is that first, we, you know, it's basically two phases. Phase one is, okay, let's learn the, client enrollment process, right? How do we connect with the client, make sure we're getting the clients in contact with them, right? And then either getting a face-to-face contact, um, and then there's the three tenets of doing a virtual enrollment. You've got the DocuSign you talked about and so forth. But just getting that piece handled where you can connect with the clients, talk to them about their case, you know, have a, a set of service options that they can fit into their budget, and then make it as seamless as possible for them to enroll for the services and get them signed up. Right, mm-hmm. just teaching the you know each new model attorney how to how to perfect that process. Yes. Right? and that you know that's you know a few weeks or so until we really you know re- refine that and, and get it to the point where they're consistently landing deals. Right. Yes. Um, as you were, and then it's like okay, phase one complete. Now we're retaining all this business. Now we've got all this legal work. You know, yeah. how, do I, how do I get this? <laughs> how do we get done? that done? Yeah. How do I get this billable work that I've now acquired? Correct. This you know potential revenue and this work that needs to be done completed in the most efficient, effective way possible. And, and keep up with it, keep the quality work, you know, uh, at, at its peak, yes. keep the timeliness of getting the work out the door you know, in the way that it needs to be and, uh, and sustain the growth of the practice on the back end as well. Okay? Yes. So to the best of our ability, maybe we can, what we can do is take from where you started to uh, refine that, you got that enrollment process down, you're starting to land business, you know, every 10 leads you were retaining, you know, two, three, four, five clients. And so now we're like, okay, we're getting a lot of clients in the door. Um, obviously one of the first things we've got to start thinking about is, okay, we need to get some more, some people involved in the firm. So Correct. Well, if you guys can maybe put yourself back there, what was the steps that you were thinking at that time in terms of what was the first hires or the first systems that you were thinking about getting in place and in what order and looking back on it, was that the right approach at the time? I would answer the first portion is I absolutely think that an in-office assistant paralegal was key. We got lucky for having one. We had Lee before that point. Mm-hmm. So we already had one. And Lee was in position that allowed us to to grow 
I guess as far as we could grow and still beyond that. So I think that was a key piece before we went to Unbundled is the fact that he was allowing our practice before Unbundled to scale and to grow is that without a good legal assistant or a paralegal or an office manager, whatever term you would like to call it or whatever specific task they do, that's, that's essential. I mean, that's key. And after that, we kind of followed the pattern of mirroring offices. You know, Robert is in Greenville and has the Greenville office and I'm in Knoxville and I'm with the Knoxville office. And so we kind of played a NOAA approach. I mean, attorneys came on two by two. The need is needed here, and here's another one, and then here's another one. As far as if you're asking specifically for help as help goes, that's kind of how it went. And then, But key issue, I think, for anybody to start the scale that we had already in place would be a good office manager, legal assistant. And, and you know, Brandon and I work so well together as far as we now yeah. have another partner, uh, Brent Ballou, out of Nashville. He couldn't be here today, unfortunately, but – you know, the key to it is is, is establishing, establishing lanes and staying in your lane and running your lane wide open and as efficiently as possible. You know, Brandon's lane is convert these deals. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you need from me? You know, as I'm a managing partner of the firm, so, you know, what do you need from me to help you get to the point where you are not doing anything else but closing deals all day long? Okay, yep. now we're not 100% there with it, but he's got yeah. like five cases left to close out. And and figuring out how to, to convert that contact and connection to Brandon and moving it to the actual attorney in the firm that's handling it so they're not pestering him. Not that the client's pestering him. I don't, that's probably a poor choice of words, but, but that's not his forte. You need to be contacting the lawyer that's managing your case or working your case as the case may be and let him do nothing but close leads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if he has to spend one day at this point, one day away from closing deals, it's ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars it costs us that day, and sure. lost revenue. Yeah. And so you've got to scale it. Then you've got to get somebody working on systems. I'm working on systems. I'm trying to, and it's it's slower than I want it to be. But it just it is what it is. We will get there. But you've mm-hmm. you've got to have that. And and the systems I've put in place first were the were the financial systems. Yes. If if I uh, were to go back and say, was that the right approach? I, I, I don't know that it necessarily is the the right approach, but it's the correct approach because you have to have the financial side handled to have the fuel to do everything else. Now, if I had my brothers, I would go back and work more on systems yeah. than I would have, uh, you know, systems for actually doing the work. But with the growth coming in and having to have the attorneys in this, the financial systems and the tracking of the money and making sure that's coming in the door had to be priority. Absolutely. I mean, it absolutely had to be, or, or sure. it fails, yes. period. So now we've pretty much gotten that rocking and rolling pretty well. Mm-hmm. That, that's handled. And now we're on to moving into some of those more uh, systems to streamline functions so that, you know, by the end of another year, uh, this will just, things will flow through this just like a stream and it's just streamlined. Every, every single case has its own, its own navigation. I, I think of data and documents kind of like a story, you know, it, it has a story that it goes through. It mm. comes in at the beginning of the, of the book and it has a story of what, where does it go and where does it end up? You know, and that's just kind of the way I think about systems and, and those will be built, but, but it, I mean, you could talk about this for days and not get it all out there, but but sure. but yeah. the overview is the conversion systems, the financial piece to make sure that 
you have cash flow or you've got the ability to hire uh, the the staff that you're going to need because you've got to have that or you can't do the work. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got to have the systems in place to make it efficient. We don't run anywhere near as efficiently right now as we will a year from now. Yeah. Okay. And it's all about pushing that into that efficiency uh, to because the a part of the key is being able to give a client uh, not only a, 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 a an easy way to pay mm-hmm. and not having to come up with all the money up front, but also try to do it less expensively. Yes. Okay. Is and and I don't mean cheap. I, that that word is not, it should be eliminated whenever you talk about it. It's not cheap. It's inexpensive. Yes. You know, and there's certain ways you can get the clients to help you and so on and so forth uh, to to make it less expensive on the client. And but you cannot do that payment plan less expensive without having streamlined systems to make your internal operations as efficient as possible. We're not there yet, but in a year from now. We will be. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about uh, just kind of break things in like one piece at a time. Okay. Um, so uh, you talked about the office assistant slash paralegal. Yes. Um, and you mentioned how essential it is. What are some of the things? Because, you know, mo- for a lot of attorneys, it's like it's taking on that expense, right? And, and yes. like having the faith that they will know that taking on that expense will free up their time, enable them to take on more cases or focus more on the legal work. Or what, or whatever it may be, but but it, but it's it's scary, right? For a lawyer to say, or for a lawyer to that's just starting to get new cases in, to then say, okay, I'm going to peel off three to four thousand, wherever it might be, or twenty five hundred, wherever it might be, depending on the region and the in the marketplace, to pay this person on a regular basis, right? And so maybe you could just talk about for you guys what it is that Lee has did for you in those early days, what you would have them do, and what it freed up for you specifically um, that enabled you to to focus more on the business and scale. You mean either one? I, I, I mean, basically, more than anything, in the beginning, yeah. was Lee handling phone calls, doing this, follow-up, so he could spend more time calling the leads yes. and, and taking the leads and, and, and taking that, that off of them. And also... Well, it's an interesting point that, that you were not getting off calling the leads because correct. what a lot of attorneys... And you could go in this direction if you had the appropriate hire Yes, is having the assistant person start calling the leads. I right? would never do that. And I, it's, I think it's a mistake too. Most never of the time that. that doesn't work out is outsourcing the very and, and, thing that brings in the revenue. And I'm not, I'm not so sure that if you did that and in, in, inevitably and unintentionally, you would have a, a, a non-licensed lawyer crossing an ethical boundary sure. of giving legal advice when you're on the phone with them. I mean, I think you would, I mean, you're in a real gray area when you're doing that. That's and, right. and, yeah. And I just don't think that th- I would not do this program at all unless we had an attorney talking to the, to the, to the leads. Yes. I just, I wouldn't advise just it. Just on the side of caution. Yeah. I well, yeah and yeah. The, the only extent that I've seen it work when someone is calling the leads is that they're calling the leads and just getting them on the phone with the attorney or calling the leads and getting them scheduled in for a zoom meeting with the attorney sure right? front, and reception services run. can do that. Yeah. You know, a, a proper yeah. trained system, but it, it's not a, not necessarily a substitute or better. It's not a better option than the attorney calling the leads themselves. But you know, sometimes when you're managing and building the firm, like you may be necessary just to be responsive to the leads, depending on how busy the solo is or whoever it might be. But so, but I, it's notable. It's notable that you kept working the leads, yes, right? and, and that's key. I, I would say, not, not to interrupt you, Dave, but I, I would say that that for any law firm, a small firm that wanted to start out, 
and, and scale. And then they were going to go, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to go after it. They need three people. They need one attorney making the leads cause one attorney doing the work and an assistant doing a lot of that's, that would be my advice. You need two attorneys and one assistant to start. That's right. You know, and then from there, as your leads increase. And that's you're looking at in that solo that's just coming on from scratch. Yeah. They're looking to hire those two people. Yep, they need another attorney, days. you know, and whichever one has the best sales ability or the best, uh, you know, maybe it's not sales, but but it is sales. I mean, the relationship building, yeah. who, who, whoever's yeah. better at that, let them do that. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's what they need to do all day. Yeah. And, and, and if they do that all day, this guy pretty quickly is going to, we're going to have to have another attorney mm-hmm. because there's so much work in the door. And okay, we've got to have another assistant and yeah. it'll grow. But if you, if you, I mean, I would imagine if you wanted to do a small scale, three, you know, two or three or four or five leads a week, and you wanted to pick up maybe one or two cases from one bundle a week and, and be that small town lawyer that, that services, whatever, I, I guess that would work if that's all you wanted to do. Yeah, but if you want to go further yeah. than that, you've got to put the formula together and it will work. Yeah, it, it will work, but you have to put it together. But you have to have somebody that's presentable, that can be knowledgeable about talking to the clients and yeah. and, and, and then and then have an attorney that does the work, at mm-hmm. least one, you know, and, and without that, because you, you, you can't scale this making sales calls and doing legal work. Yes. It just think, doesn't work. I would think that that if you are solo. Because we came from a unique situation where there are two. Yeah. So there's Robert and myself. If you mm-hmm. are solo, I think that the first hire would be the legal assistant. I think that would mm-hmm. be the first hire for sure. And then bring on the other partner. Or Robert's there, hires a legal assistant, gets enough work for me, then I come on. We were both there to start. But if you are starting solo, I think that you would get that legal assistant that can then allow you more time to drum up more business and kind of kind of do both roles at first. Like Robert said, if you're in a small smaller metro area, and you can work two or three leads and then get some of the cases done too. But like Robert said, pretty quickly, you're going to need another attorney and then another attorney. Uh, but definitely a good legal assistant, I think, is core. And uh, absolutely. Throughout this whole process, we've not even had a website. Correct. We've done absolutely zero advertising. We spent zero dollars. And, and I kind of laugh. This is kind of a, a, a laughable thing for me. I see other lawyers. And I see how much they're spending on advertising. And I know that they're spending, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month on billboards and ads and this and that. And they're not doing near the business we are. Mm-hmm. And we're spending way less than half of that with what you know what we pay for in leads, and they just cannot understand how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't tell them, (laughs) and I don't tell them, (laughs) but you know, no offense, but uh, around here, I don't want them to know. (laughs) Okay. So, so you got the office paralegal. This is, uh, this is keys because they're drafting documents, making calls, kind of like freeing up your time to continue to focus on, you know, talking to the new clients that are coming in the door that, you know, and, and getting them enrolled in your services and and moving forward. And then, and you're going to have to kind of wear both hats in terms of enrolling clients and then being the lawyer representing clients, and then you have someone doing the, the paralegal work and so forth. Okay, so then the, the next hire is hiring the attorney. Um, let's talk just about um, process for hiring new attorneys. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have you guys run uh, ads before? Do you work through your network? How do you how have you been able to up to this point uh, attract you know really good talent and great you know great lawyers that that represent what you, what you guys do at a high level? 
when we started hiring lawyers, we, we decided that, uh, that uh, LMU, which is a law school here in, in uh, Knoxville, uh, that there were some good lawyers coming out of there. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly young law school, and you know they, they need some friends in the legal community. And we decided that we would start primarily looking for lawyers from LMU. Mm-hmm. And and now uh, you know every lawyer that's graduating there, uh, not everyone, but a lot of them want to come work for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because of our culture, and that's a whole different day. But but uh, you know, and we we kind of said let's let's see if we can find a pool of lawyers here, and become a friend of a, a law school. You know, as they're growing, and just kind of create that relationship. And it's how, how did you guys go about creating that relationship with a local law school? Like, what was your initial steps to? create the connection or did you the, sponsor the, the, the or first you... two lawyers that we hired uh, were both LMU graduates and mm-hmm. Brandon mm-hmm. knew both of them. They had interned for us yes. uh, before, before this. Uh, and then they were probably, they were well thought of at the law school and they knew everybody at the law school. And, and one of the things we've done is uh, it's kind of unique to our firm. We, we look for personality. Mm-hmm. as much as grades because you know the, the reality it is especially in domestic relations law you can teach somebody to do that mm-hmm. okay you can't teach them to have personality yeah you can't teach them to go, go with out people yeah yeah, yeah we go with people and we've we've really focused in on that as more of a i mean for instance the last the last hiring process at this firm for a lawyer is uh we have a party here if they've made it to the to the hire and they have to sing karaoke <laughs> and if they're not willing to sing a karaoke song, they don't get hired. Because if you can't get over yourself long enough to stand up in front of your coworkers and sing a karaoke song, then you're not the type of individual we want to work here. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's it's about a certain level of intelligence, but it's more about personality and, and also about we don't want to hire somebody that doesn't see this being their career path. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't your first job. And you want to come here and jump. If this isn't a place that you see yourself being in 15 years from now, then then we don't want you. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to create that culture of an environment of longevity because we are growing and growing and expanding and we're going to continue to expand. Yep. But that's how we did it. I mean, we did it through a local law school. Yes. Yep. Yeah, pretty much just knowing knowing a few folks that were close, close relationship with us from, or for me from undergraduate, and then, like Robert said, you go in and you create some friends that know other people in the school, and pretty soon word gets out. So, if there's any any law schools in a local area, use those recent graduates. They need employment. They need help. They can be coached on the law and just go find good people, just mm-hmm. good people. And and you really need you really need one. You know, I told you kind of our management structure that we worked in that one that that really kind of knows the, the law pretty well and. And uh, and is versed in the in the areas of the law that you're doing, and then and then the younger lawyers work directly under that managing attorney, so that a lot of the the, the piddly stuff, I'll call it, like just an appearance to show up for a continuance or sure. a whatever, that you can little by little get those uh, attorneys uh, accustomed to appearing in court, and then little by little they can handle a little bit more, and that managing attorney is kind of mentoring them and teaching them and trying to make the determination on the, the caseload that, that she hands out, which one of these are capable of handling it or how much involvement do I have to be in this one 
and just it, it 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 it's not a magic formula. It's just it's a case by case, and just getting the lawyers comfortable with understanding the law, dealing with clients, going into court, and you can take a year's a lawyer in one year out of law school and provide them with the right tools and the right mentoring, and they can be badasses in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, but it, yeah. they've got to just have a little time, and 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 that this allows that. Because there's so there's a lot of small things that come through, like just to show up and get an order of continuance for a for an OOP hearing, or get a bridge order, or any number of small things that are incident to a higher paying case, and they can go handle that work, and, and then they learn, and then they're a year or so they're ready to handle the bigger things. It's a process of grooming them and teaching. Absolutely. Would you? Would you? I mean, I guess it depends on the experience of the attorney that's trying to scale. Uh, but if let's say it's a, it's a it's like a younger attorney that's just kind of getting getting their shingle going and so forth, would they want to try to hire a more experienced kind of managing partner type of attorney right off the bat that could then mentor future attorneys and so forth, or uh, would you would they kind of lean towards just you know working with kind of of their kin, you know the similar age groups and just kind of build a culture around that? Because because I would imagine like if you like you mentioned you have the managing attorney and then they're kind of training maybe two or three different lawyers. And get their kind of shadowing and learning the practice it, through that lawyer. Hey? It, it would be much better to have at least one yeah. attorney of substantial, you know, four, three, four years experience at least. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Brandon was about four years in when we did this. And yeah. I was about 20, 18, 19 years in, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, you know, we had that. So, you know, that dynamic. I mean, it's important to have uh, somebody that, you know, that really just kind of knows it like that. Yes. And, and the younger lawyers, not that they can't know it, they can figure it out, but not like that. They don't just know it just innately, you know? And would, so would the question be if somebody is a younger attorney and they are wanting to grow, what should they hire someone that, that is in that position mm-hmm. that, that could be a mentoring attorney? Um, that's a tough call personally, but I mean, it kind of happened with Robert and I, I mean, Robert didn't hire me and I didn't hire him. It was just, I looked up to Robert as a mentor and, and he knew what I didn't know. And it's like, let me bring something to the table. So he has knowledge and I have, I found this, this system that works over here. So mm-hmm. let's use this system. Let's use unbundled attorney. And then Robert has the knowledge. So again, I, I can't tell someone what they should do, mm-hmm. but one of the it dynamics. worked out here, you know, kind of, kind of fluidly. It just already happened. It was already there. Well, you guys have a, uh, a really nice synergy in terms of the partnerships in the sense that you have different, completely different skill sets. Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, I don't want to say personality types, but like you're more of a people person and then you're more of a technical, you know, you're like yeah. one of my, my uh, original co-founder, you know, the co-founder of our business and one of my business partners, uh, he was also the CTO mm-hmm. and runs the operations for the business. Like he is an absolute, uh, extremely detail oriented, the ops of the business, like the, the, you know, the, from the ground up infrastructure, the filings, the the corporate uh, structures, the contracts, agreements, the financials, the operate, the accounting, uh, the technical build of the of the infrastructure of the business and so forth, the build out of the app, right? Those are just his strong suits, right? And that's what he loves to do. It's art, you know, it's art form. And uh, whereas I'm more so, uh, you know, sales, marketing, the you know the vision, the relationships, and so forth. And so we complement each other in that regard. And, what, and I've seen this, I think, in a lot of the firms that we work with, uh, Rhonda J. Shree, uh, uh, v and V and her paralegal and so forth, that they had these complementary 
skill sets, True. you know, Absolutely. like and kind of tendencies um, that really balances the sides of the business that uh, require a different set of, uh, you know, levers to in order to, to function well. Right. And yeah. you say, you know, it's like you let him talk about the numbers because like I'm just focused on the people. Yeah, right? absolutely. And delivering the experience. That's, that's how and you're goes. like, hey, man, I, I don't get on the phones and talk with the clients because right? brand is just amazing at that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you guys create that great compliment. So I would imagine that would also be something that, you know, a, a new attorney would be thinking about is, you know, what am I really great at? What am I best at? What do I hate, not like doing? And that someone else can come in that loves that and is going to play the things that make them weak. That they're weak at, that they're their strengths. Right? I will tell you, I I like to talk to people too. Yeah. And I always thought I was pretty damn good at it until this one came along. I was like, you you blow me out of the water, man. You go take care of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's good because Robert uh, has a, a technological background that I don't have. I don't know. I'm, I can use a computer. I can run a lead. I can make a phone call. I can do a Zoom. He's not uh, allowed to walk into my office because uh, he touches the computer, even gets near it, it shuts down. So it's happened <laughs> two or three times. <laughs> yeah. so, you, know, you just got to sure know. Enough. He's not allowed in my office. <laughs> again, you know your strong suits. You know you know your skill sets. Um, yeah. So that that really works. Compliment. So I, I I wouldn't know how to answer. The question back to the one or back around if you're starting, which one it is. But in in the roundtables that we had on the first Thursday of November, um, in my breakout room, folks were talking about, do I want to do more sales or more practice? And I think you have to make that internal decision of what do I enjoy doing more of and then find someone to compliment you, whether that be a really good paralegal uh, assistant, multiple assistants, or another attorney like in this case. Uh, you just got to find someone to compliment yourself, to be the yin to the yang that can make this run instead of, I'm just an attorney that will never, never grow beyond X amount, or I'm a salesperson and I'll never grow beyond X amount together. I mean, you can, you can bounce ideas and run both sides of the company and grow it fairly quickly from my experience. Yeah. And you know, for me, you know, I, I don't ever care if I ever walk in a courtroom ever again, I could Mm -hmm. care less if I ever did it. Uh, And I'm doing what I love to do. I mean, I love the business side of it. I love the background processing and i mean i love it every day i love it you know and mm-hmm. I, and uh you know brandon you yeah. know he's got five more cases uh, that he's going to close out and hopefully after that he'll never walk in a courtroom again mm-hmm. that's not what we're here to do we're here to build a business and that's what i the things that that i think lawyers mess up well, more than anything i've been doing this for 21 years i've seen them mess up they don't realize that what they're actually doing is running a business yeah they're running a service business Okay, it's no different than the guy that's running a landscaping company. It's just different. Uh, it, it's just different blades that have to be, uh, you know, sharpened. There's different fuel that goes into this tank, so on and so forth. But they get caught up and oh, well, this is a law practice. No, it's not. It's a service business. Man. <laughs> that's period. Yep. And once you get past that mentality and realize that the same concepts that work in any other service business that's successful will work in this business. Mm-hmm. But getting them past that ego, I guess it is, of, well, this is a law practice. Well, yes, it is. But the core of it, it's a business That's right. at the end of the day, period. And mm-hmm. putting those business approaches into it is is, is very, very key. Yep. And, and that's what I love to do. I love it. And I love mentoring the young lawyers. And I love seeing them progress and get better and, and having an impact on their lives. And what we're doing here is impacting a lot of young lawyers' lives, man. It's changed the direction of their entire career. Yes. And so, you know, it's, it's, that's, 
that's that's worth as much as money to me. I mean, I enjoy it, you know, and mm-hmm. so. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So that, that's just really helpful. And just in terms of the, the hiring direction, uh, well, I think what would be also helpful is for us to cover when we talk about the technical side and so forth is, you know, systems and automation. And that's one of the things that you talked about. We talked about the financials, we talked about systems. So maybe we can first talk about financials, um, you know, given with the tools that are available in terms of how essential it is, especially with the unbelievable services model. Uh, we're in many cases offering limited scope, allowing for someone to put down a deposit, set them up on a recurring billing payment plan and so forth. Um, and then, you know, just allowing folks that they're doing for representation, you know, allowing them to pay over time. And so, you know, having to manage that administratively, if you don't have the right system in place or a system in place to do that, I would imagine would be, you know, quite impossible. Right. You know, so it's just not, not, not manageable. On so, the scale that we're doing it right now. Yeah. If you're doing two or three a week. Yeah. Okay. You can handle that. But when you're doing two, three, four, five, six a day. And it's coming in every day. It's impossible to, to, to manage it without proper systems. I mean, and, and, you know, you talk about the financial side of it. You know, my my stepfather, a very successful businessman, always told me, he says, you can go broke making money. Mm. Okay. And then this is one of those scenarios that you could go broke making money. Mm. If you don't have a cash flow or some way to hire those people to do the work and actually put the, the scalability together. Right. You've either got to have a line of credit from the bank. You've got to have some, you've got to have some money there that would cover three or four or five months of because it may take four or five months before you're really getting your return. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to get to the end of the return, uh, and and that's that, that's a challenge. I mean, that's a challenge for most law firms. I mean, you know, maybe they start out with two or three, but they've got to if you want to scale it, you've got to save that money back. Yeah, or you've got to find. Uh, you know, somebody. that's kind of the bootstrap is like just start with low volume, gradually yep. build up. Incrementally out. scale. Yeah. If, or if you need to. unless you have access to the financing and then you can take what's working and then just really ramp it up. Yes. And, and, and we and, were lucky enough to gap. have that. Yeah. We were mm-hmm. lucky enough to have uh, the ability to have the financing to hire the lawyers and do it and just go right after it. And, you know, I mean, there there's ways out there that, that can accomplish that. I mean, banks will loan money to lawyers. There's other multiple different ways to, to uh, skin that cat, but that's one that needs to be skinned fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything out of that, Brent? As far as uh, the, the income goes, um, just processing it, using your payment processor, mm-hmm. getting in there as far as the different types of payments that we do, it just depends on what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, there Different times call for different things. Holidays, for instance. Um, holidays, for instance, those call for uh, maybe balloon payments, things like that. It's just being flexible and trusting that your client will make these payments and then having ways to offer different types of financing to these clients as opposed to all up front, an old traditional model that everyone's probably heard of a council that they know, council that they used to do their practice that way, all up front or nothing. It, it doesn't work. No one has a problem financing a $40,000 truck or car. No one has a problem financing legal services. No one has $40,000 for a truck today. Most people don't have $5,000 in their pocket for this order protection case or to start your divorce case or to have a modification of a parenting plan. Mm-hmm. No one has an issue. And that's that's the thing that we like to offer through Unbundled is that we have financing that allows people to have access to legal services they would not otherwise have. And it's the tech. I mean, because, you know, payment yeah. plans, I was that way for a long time in practice. Systems. I have a payment plan up front and in full. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the payment plan. But but with this, with the ability to track it, 
and the ability to auto collect it so that you're not having to send an invoice, wonder where a check's coming or take a credit card over the phone or, you know, any number of things that you've spent more time chasing down your money than what it was worth. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you can't do that. You can't do that. But the system with unbundled and the correct payment processes that goes in, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, and allowing that to be a tracking and then, and then putting other, another level of that inside of your own practice on top yeah. of what they've got. To, but, but the way that it's set up, it allows that to occur because you're immediately notified when the payments not made. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then it's going to hit again, 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 and again for like seven more days. And maybe they just, uh, they, their deposit didn't clear that day and it's no big deal and you don't even have to talk to them about it. And then the next day it clears and, you know, years ago that tech didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now it does. And now payment yeah. plans make sense to do. Right. But when you were having to send an invoice every month and get on the phone and call and, and you know, that just never worked. <laughs> but yeah. now it does. Yeah. There's just too much administrative time chasing on the client. The client has to do something physically to actually pay you every time. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays we have the capacity, you know, thanks to, you know, John Porter and Amy Porter from LaPay and some of the pioneers of operations and operating a trust account you know, to make it possible to, to be auto drafting into a trust account, right? Mm-hmm. Just drafting every week every or biweekly or monthly, whatever, in accordance with when folks are getting paid. And that happens automatically. Yep, right? And that's the most key component of it is the recurring billing feature it such is. that you can uh, rely on that to be timed with when, when, Money's coming in, and the draft happens, and and the client doesn't have to do anything either. It's easier for them as well. Yes, right? yeah, it, it comes out, and they don't notice it. You know, put them on a weekly, and they don't seem to notice it. it it's easier to have a weekly payment four times a month and once a month. It's a lot easier yeah. for some reason. It's the same amount, but psychologically, it doesn't hurt as bad. You know, you're willing to sacrifice fifty dollars a week as opposed to two hundred once a month or a hundred a week as opposed to four hundred a month. And plus, it when comes they... out a lot better and easier and quicker and more seamless. And yes. plus, when they've missed a the one payment, it's a you know it's not a, a $400 payment and you yeah. know it immediately. And, and that yeah. $50 payment's a little easier to make up yes. than missing a, missing a $400 payment. You know, Absolutely. it's just, it, there's just, that's all in the, that's all part of the conversion that all plays into, you know, the financing side of it. Cause they work hand in hand. Right. I mean, they, they are symbiotic and they have to be treated as such, yeah. you know, just closing the deal is not enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of it. Then there's, Making sure that you get paid for it, making sure the work gets done. But I mean, you know, that's the, 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 the payment processor is, it couldn't be done without it. Yep. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, it's key. And it, it's really uh, revolutionized in some ways the, the options and flexibility that attorneys can provide because they know that they have that system behind them that can work around people's budget to make it something that they can do, Absolutely. right? Like a truck or something else, you know, like yeah. I, the average working family can afford to have a truck, right? That's Correct. 20, 30, 40,000. The average working family could afford legal services if it w- if they had a similar type of payment structure that, you know, a car dealership could offer. Well, the right. other yeah. side of it, and I couldn't give you the exact numbers on it. I mean, if I ran some financials, I could, but but there's a lot of clientele that we get that's not from a unbundled now mm-hmm. that are just coming through the and traditional ways and we're using payment plans for them yeah. and running them through that now. And we would, I would have never considered ever doing that uh, based on my experience in practicing law, but with the way it's set up now, mm-hmm. you're losing business not to do it. That's right. Absolutely. And that's probably one of the misnomers as well as like the, 
is that what attorneys would assume by not taking five thousand up front and allowing someone to put a thousand dollars down and put a payment plan that people aren't going to pay, we're going to lose money, it's not worth the time, and so forth, and they think that they're going to actually make less money doing that. Well, but but there again, when you you look at it the way that we're doing it, we're doing it on such a volume. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think of it kind of like because well, you're retaining so many more clients. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I look at it kind of as an insurance company. They're collecting yeah. premiums. Okay, and 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 you know what? So what? This premium falls off, but but because you've gotten so many clients mm-hmm. that have the continuous stream of payments, losing that one there or losing that one there or the percentage that actually don't come to fruition, you know, and don't pay. There's such a volume to it. That's just a cost of obtaining the volume. Right. It's a Absolutely. cost of business, and and you've got to figure that into the cost of your service. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we do we need to increase our uh, our 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 price by you know two more percent points or whatever it is to make up for that? And then mm-hmm. then the clients are still getting a good deal like like a small loan company they they charge a higher interest rate to make up for the ones that are falling off right and you know so you can't focus on the ones that are falling off and go oh my god they're not paying well compare that to the number of ones that are yeah and you know and and so if you do that and you really analyze it well so what if they fell off some of them aren't even worth chasing down i mean it's not just get out of it and be done and they didn't pay you and oh well Mm -hmm. on to the next deal you know, because there's so much of it. And, and at the volume level, you know, you're only losing a few and it and it really is not even impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and just thinking it like, think about it in that way, like a business. Right. right. Think it about is. like running the numbers and looking at it like, yeah, there's a 2% breakage here. Okay. So maybe we build that in or we just look at it and go, Read but, it. but I just tripled the amount of clients that I'm able to retain out of 10. Yeah. All right. And I can do that forever yeah right, just by shifting the model and what does that mean in terms of the average client value of each retained client right well you probably make three four five thousand on each case right or whatever it might be so on every 10 leads we get now we got two or three more clients right as a result of that and so it's you know it's easy to not take into consideration the upside right Correct. yeah not to mention of course the fact that you know and i mentioned on every podcast but like now the clients are getting help that otherwise wouldn't have. Yes. Right. The whole point of the access to justice problem <laughs> like you're trying to solve here. It's like, guess do. what? The clients get to get a lawyer. You Correct. get to help folks that yeah. would otherwise never have it. Uh, right? You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly Correct. right. You're not just helping lawyers uh, build a business. You're helping clients get services that they otherwise would not have been able to have. I would say, you know, 80% of our UB clients wouldn't have a lawyer if, if we didn't have this. The way we've set it up to deliver the said they would be going on their own. Yeah. I had a client today, um, was a previous appointed client that I had probably four years ago. And then had lost my number and different things that happened. And I had helped uh, a dependence and neglect case appointed to regain her children. She calls back today through Unbundled. And, and, and the story goes, she's needing a divorce now. It's like, Brandon, you know I don't have money. You were my appointed counsel four years ago. You know I don't have money. It's like, well... You're going to have to pay this time, but you're going to get access to me again. You liked my services then. We became disconnected, but you can still afford to have us now because we offer a payment plan. And so literally as of today, we had a previous appointed client who could not afford anybody who can still afford us for different services that the state wouldn't otherwise pay for. And that just happened today. So more people do get access. Even previous clients who were appointed clients can still afford to do unbundled services because you give them a payment plan and an option to do it. And that happened 
this morning. So it's cool to see the full circle of these and, indigent folks can still even afford the services you provide if you just give them time. And that actually time. came through unbundled. It came through unbundled. But, and, but a lot yeah. of it comes outside of that. They're mm-hmm. calling us, you know, or, or coming to see us and we can give them that those payment plan options. I mean, it's growing our business both on the traditional side. You know, when I say over 200,000, that's just unbundled. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include everything else we're doing. Month. Hey, yeah, that, you know, that 200,000 number in March was just unbundled. Mm-hmm. Six figures every month is just unbundled. Mm-hmm. That's not the other private business that we do uh, that is non what we call UB. We call you call it UA, we call it UB. Uh, you know, that's not you. Why we just started doing that? We just <laughs> we've called it that <laughs> since. Yeah. You, you know, uh, there's actually a reason for it, but but in any event, uh, uh, you know that that's not including all the other business that comes in, and and because of unbundled and the amount of clients that we touch, we get referrals just constantly from our unbundled clients that mm-hmm. that don't come through unbundled. They come through a referral from. A client we did, and then it just mushrooms and mushrooms and mushrooms, and because you're just touching so many lives so quickly, mm-hmm. you know. And, and 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 you know, every time I tell every lawyer that works here, every time you're working on a client, just assume you're being filmed for a commercial, you know, uh, and do a good job for them, and that that yeah. that's the best advertising marketing you can do is do a good job for the client. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. All right, so so we talked about uh, the scaling of the people. We've talked about paralegal, attracting attorneys. Uh, we've talked about finances. Now let's talk a little bit about systems and getting documents out the door and just the, uh, the streamlining of the capturing of information and then the drafting of the documents and getting those things out the door because you know, that's a big part of it. It's just being efficient, being efficient Absolutely in the practice is. of law, um, not in a way that eliminates the the lawyer themselves, but just the mechanisms through which we gather information, input information, and get things out the door. Maybe you guys can talk briefly about some of the things you've been doing there. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the first things we did was hire a uh, an individual to only draft documents. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we, we, drafting. we looked at doing the outsourced companies and we just, you know, we, we had an individual that had a few years of law school that we have a connection with, a friendship, other business arrangements with. And he was like, I'd love to do that. And so we just hired him. Okay. And, and we're going to be a little bit different than most firms in, in where we go from here because most firms won't do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, you know, I, I have a lot of technical skill. I write some software and, and I'm actually writing the code for these documents and, and, we're creating a piece of software that is just for us, mm-hmm. exactly the way we do business, the way our streamlined functions that we can take to Nashville, that we can take to Chattanooga, that we can, as we grow. But regardless, you've got to have a system in place that collects the information. Mm-hmm. You've got to have good questionnaires. Uh, there's some great products out there on the shelves that, that do this. We mm-hmm. just... I, I just, I would prefer to write it for exactly the way we do business, you know, mm-hmm. so it's curtailed to us. And so it's taking us a little longer to get there. Uh, that's why we have a document drafter, but he's working with me to incorporate those documents and templated sets throughout this system. So that basically, you know, when we take in a divorce with no minor children, and no property in Sullivan County, boom, that's it. It populates it from the questionnaire that we've had. And there's your whole document set right there. Spit out. 
Mm-hmm. You've got to get to the point where you can do that. We're not doing that now. He's doing that. Mm-hmm. But we're working towards that. Like I said, we're nowhere near where we'll be in a year from now because for the first eight months of being down here uh, in the Knoxville office and doing this, I was solely focused on how are we going to deal with all this money? <laughs> how are we going to track it? How are we going to finance, make sure we've got the cash flow we need to hire the lawyers? And that now I've moved on to the more efficiency of it. But whether it's a Clio, whether it's a whatever the case law may be, yaw. the law, y'all, they've got mm-hmm. great products. I've, I've looked at them all and I, and I like them all. But, mm-hmm. but and, and I would recommend somebody use them. I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm, I want to do my own. Sure. You know, and I want to build it for exactly Tennessee, family law, and Sullivan County. This judge does it this way down to the, the core of the jurisdiction in the state so that as we go across the state, we have that built down to the, the science of that judge wants two copies of this and it automatically spits it out because it's a rule. Yes. You know, that, that you've been able to write in your custom software. You see what I'm saying? That, yeah. you know, Clio's not doing that. I mean, they're not breaking it down that far, uh, or at least not that I've seen. Sure. Uh, and, 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 but streamlining those document drafts, whether it's hiring that person mm-hmm. to, to initially before or outsourcing it, you know, I mean, there's plenty of companies that you referred us to that did outsourcing of the documents. Mm-hmm. Just didn't, that, that wasn't for us. Uh, but it would be for, for somebody yeah. else. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a bad thing, but you've got to handle it. But getting to that streamline, and that's part of that factory approach, that 80% of factory work, which is getting those documents draft, pulling your raw materials of your information, your dates, your, you know, that sex is being changed in the throughout the document, making sure it has the right judge and the right attorney on it. That's all your factory work, part of it. Right. And that's your raw materials, the data and information to spit out that finished product. And it, you have to get it efficient. Yeah, it's like the assembly line. Yeah, the, the assembly. assembly of Absolutely. That's exactly it, what it is. Yeah. With the document drafts and two building something like that uh, allows you to then go ahead. And if you do have clients that don't want full rep to just have you to spit out a document, I'd like for to have this drafted. I, I found this online, but I'm not sure if this will coincide with what this particular court wants to have. You don't have to do full rep. You can just have it spit out the document. What facts do you need to put in here? Collect the, the payment, system, email the it payment, to them, and you're done. Here's your document. And as far yeah. as the other other companies that do document preparation, I'm not saying that's a bad idea at all. I think it's a wonderful idea. We were just at the point of so much documentation that needed to be drafted that it was a per document fee, which is fine if you're trying to scale and just outsource and you need a few things done here and there. But we'd already reached a capacity that we crunched the numbers and said, there's an employee here that'll work for this much and do unlimited documents versus paying per document. So I think it goes based on what you need. If you're needing yeah. a few outsourced here and there, we'll find an outsourcing company because you don't have enough to justify a full-time employee. Yeah. But we just happen to be at that point where it's like, well, we can pay this much per doc where we have a dedicated person to do that. So I think either Another way it works. And analysis yeah, it's just, just, a, mm-hmm. it's hard to apply everything we've done to someone else. It's just, what we needed at that time, we did. Yeah. This is our first time running through this story. You know, we're not, well, this, this is isn't our second making, chance. Right? Yeah. yeah. This isn't our second bite at it. This is our first time through. So what we chose may not be the path for someone else, but it worked out for us. But I will say that, that you can substitute 
well, the path yeah. we took with one of those other options and yeah. it worked just fine. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not saying those other options don't work. They work. I, I'm sure they do. I mean, mm -hmm. the outsource of the documents or the law y'all or the, you know, the law, the, clerk, the, the law clerk, whatever that works. And uh, you know, Clio has some great products, not downing any of them. Mm -hmm. um, you can substitute what we're doing with, with that and you're in great shape. You know, I mean, we just had our own, we just, I, I guess we're lucky enough to have someone in our firm that has some substantial software and technical skills that can write some of that stuff and really make it honed down to just what we do and exactly how we do it. And that's what I like about it. That's why, you know, I told Brandon, I said, you got about another five years out of me here. Uh, and uh, I'll help this firm build to Nashville, Chattanooga and get these, all these documents, the system, this factory built. And as soon as I've built it, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Sayonara. Uh, but I'll be here to get that done, you know? Yeah. Well, it's because it's so essential to the scale, yeah. scalability and the duplication. Have to have it. You have to have it. Replicate it. And, 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 you know, like I said, we're not running anywhere near as, as profitable as, as, as we could be at the moment until we get those in and mm -hmm. you know and and we'll in another year's time we'll have all that built and in place and and then who knows what occurs after that i mean yeah. it's just boom 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 mm -hmm. absolutely okay. all right so let's let's talk a little bit about um you know kind of fast for these are some of the, the component parts but then there's the the day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. of you know hiring managing the team uh kind of disseminating the tasks the workflows, the roles and responsibilities, um, how you train and onboard new attorneys and new 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 staff members. So, um, are there any aspects to that kind of higher level operation of the business that you guys have implemented that have really helped you guys helped you maintain an efficient culture, onboard new attorneys? Just things that might come to mind in terms of you know once you are bringing on these new people, how to make this the the group work well as a team function well as a team and really make sure everyone's focusing on their strong suits. I would say one of the most important things there is creating the right culture for mm -hmm. the, the, the lawyers. And then, you know, you're bringing on young lawyers. They have a different idea of what the legal world is. It's no longer the stodgy white suit with the tie and the, and the high rise building and all that. It's a totally different ball game. You mm -hmm. got to create the, the culture that they want to be a part of, you know, that's one thing. And, and w the way we've done it, we've taken one of these attorneys and turned them into a managing attorney, and, you know, and then, and, and they've got a, a lot of experience at this point over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And now they are, uh, they're, they're training those new lawyers right under them. They're handing out the cases and names, Michaela Smith. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, let me, No worries. Thank God we're not live. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. Tell Sally Rotten Cross. Um, oh, hold on. So they're handing over the cases. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and, 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 and her working with the attorneys to figure out what they're capable of handling, what they can do. And then managing and handling her own caseload, but ultimately the goal is to move her into, you know, over over the next few years, to where she's not really handling cases anymore. She's managing attorneys in Knoxville, Nashville, uh, Chattanooga, and there's one 
And then maybe as the model grows, maybe there's an assistant attorney manager in those places. But for, but but she is now uh, the, if for lack of a better term, the operations uh, managing partner, mm-hmm. managing partner of operations. And, yeah. and she's handling all those stuff. But you've got to get that model moving in the right direction. You know, you've got to get these people trained to take on those roles and find somebody who has the leadership skills and will do that to, to take on those young lawyers and mentor them and be able to see which, what their weaknesses are and not be scared to point them out, you know, and, 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 and help them get through it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge. There's no magic formula to it, but it's, it is a challenge to do that. And Mm -hmm. it's just, we've grown so fast that it's just, Oh my God, let's, let's just get there and get the work done. Unless yeah. <laughs> we, it's it's been just crazy, mm-hmm. and that was that was a challenge that I had posed uh, during our breakout session. The question I'd posed to you is that I, my biggest issue now is onboarding those mm-hmm. types of things, and there had been some services that you had recommended that could allow us to make some videos or some procedures, and I think that's the direction we'd want to move. Is here's here's what we can do now first, and then here's the next step. And and Robert had done a similar thing for me for the indigent representation of criminal cases. It was, it was practice law by numbers. Mm-hmm. If this happened, then this, mm-hmm. if this happened, then this. And so essentially taking the time to recreate something similar to that for family law and just onboard that way, because it allowed me, his previous system allowed me to go from, I've never even had practice law to, you know, capping out the amount that the state would pay for indigent representation out of the gate, because here's exactly what you need to do, kid, do it. And I was just, yes, I've got it. I'll go do it. So, Recreating something like that and implementing tools that allows the onboarding process. And then um, speaking to culture, uh, at some point, again, we've got different ages and different variances of people. But for some reason, we've all got common interests and common backgrounds. Even if they're different, we all bond together. Um, We've had paintball outings, axe throwing. I mean, there's an axe throwing establishment right down behind the office. So axe throwing, paintballing. um, A lot of folks like to golf. Just anything, anything that we can do, we try and have those. And. And so what we would do is we would do a thing called Facts Friday where everyone would get together that Robert and I were at dinner one night and recommended doing a, a Facts Friday of here's a list of questions, goods, bads, in-betweens, comments, recommendations, and then vote for anonymously employee of, of the week. And then at the end of the month, whoever had the most votes gets to pick what do you want to do? Do you want to go here and do this activity or this activity? And it, it was a great system. And so everybody kind of got to have fun. And then you would never imagine what a bunch of attorneys will do on a paintball course. It's to see, to see the most closed minded, um, you know, very focused uh, f- people just going crazy and just <laughs> shooting paintballs at one another. So it's fun. You've got to have some fun. You absolutely have to get yes, out and bond together because when you're in the trenches during those days, the, the good part about this firm is that there's so much stress, but I guarantee that if I'm like, there's a problem here, I need you to come meet me ASAP as fast as you can get here, it's going to happen. So it's just building a good team. And you hear that a lot. You hear that from all the most successful companies and trying to make that a part of this little company here as we start to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, a business is the people, right? And you're going to be spending Absolutely. every day with those folks. That's and right. And it's one of the great privileges actually is, you know, building something uh, with alongside folks that you respect, folks Absolutely. that are good friends, and being able to share the successes together, Absolutely. share the wins, go through the challenges together, you know, really grapple down when necessary, and and then also be able to you know enjoy the 
what you've been able to accomplish together, right? Uh, it's one of the most enjoyable things about working, you know, and, like, and doing business is helping people you know, with the services you offer and also doing alongside of the people you work with. And they become some of your closest relationships. No, that definitely. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and if you get to play a little ping pong or paintball or a little golf along the way too, then yeah. that's always a bonus. We're going to be doing our leadership retreat here in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming in about two weeks. So, uh, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity to come together as a group and do it in person. And, you know, like, you know, you have not, a lot of businesses nowadays aren't necessarily doing as much in person. You know, a lot of people working virtually and stuff like that. Absolutely. But creating opportunities to be able to connect in person and do things and go skiing and snowboarding and, and enjoy mm-hmm. uh, the fruits of the labor. You know, it really makes a big difference. It really does. does. Yep. Okay. So uh, I think the last, you know, kind of piece you guys can take in any direction here, but, you know, just looking back uh, from where you guys are at now and then kind of looking back over the journey, are there any uh, things, you know, looking back, maybe you would do a little bit differently or, you know, you wish you'd done sooner or just lessons that you've learned uh, along this kind of scaling path. And I understand that you guys are just kind of in some ways just getting started, you know, like with this, you get the local mo- locale and going to the next level. And so by all means, but just in terms of the, the journey that's been thus far, you know, we're a year and year and a bit, year and a half in now. Uh, and it's been amazing what you guys have been able to accomplish, but um, looking back, what could you, what maybe we've done a little bit differently or uh, are things that you've garnered along the way that uh, might be useful for those that are, you know, following that path. First stump of the night. Um, I don't know if there's anything that would have been done differently. Um, I always feel like one of the luckiest people in the world. I will literally trip and fall into good luck. I don't know how or why. It seems like every hurdle. Literally tripped and fallen in his office, right? You're, you're telling me, Dave. You're telling me. Yes. Uh, I mean, accidentally getting this office. Accidentally being called to be a person to have uh, the unbundled attorney services. like those. Yeah, one of our sales agents was calling another, another lawyer with the same Potter. name. Yes. In so, a different state, and right. just got got the got the wires crossed. Eh? So that's how it happens. So uh, there's nothing that I would change. Um, there's always a hurdle, and there's always a quick response from the team. It's it's every bit if you've ever seen a wasp nest. There's a problem, and it's fixed. Everyone addresses it and corrects it. So I, I don't know of different. Do you have anything different you would do? Uh, no, and, and here's why. I mean, yes, I could go Lessons back. Learned, yeah. I, I could go back and say, yes, I would have done this differently. I would have done this differently. But with the way the journey worked out, we couldn't. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we did it the way we had to. You almost don't <laughs> want to touch it. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah it was here. like, you know, it yeah, was like, really. you know, it, and and moving forward, I mean, we're just we're we're doing it the best we can and it's working. Yes, would I do some things differently? Yes, but at the time, we really couldn't do them differently. Yeah, they just had to be done the way they were done right then because that had to be done to move to the next step, to move yeah. to the next step. Yeah, you can always hindsight's twenty twenty, but even with that, I don't think we could have done. Even if I said I would have done that differently, I don't think we could have at the time. Does that make sense? It yeah, was just absolutely. so yeah. fast and so wide open. That it just was like wow. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it was almost. I sometimes I'd wake up and I'm, I'm, am I dreaming this? Is this really happening? I mean, we've now hired another lawyer and another lawyer, and we're in Knoxville, and so no. I, I mean, I mean, sure. If I had pixie dust in my pocket and could go back and sprinkle it on, and I'd have done this differently or that differently, sure. but at the time. We couldn't do it any differently. It was just the way that it was done and the way we're moving right now over the next year. You know, if I, it, I will do it the way that we can. 
Yeah. It's Absolutely. not a matter of what, we, you know, we now we've got a little more money to play with and, you know, the, to, to be able to do some things that we couldn't have done a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe moving forward, we'll do things a little bit differently in the way that things come about. But we couldn't. I mean, it was just so fast and so wide open. It would just hold on to your tail. <laughs> yeah, and, and you can forecast and say I wanted another legal assistant would have made that period much easier. I wanted more more legal uh, attorneys that could work for us. That would have been better. But at the time, they're unaffordable. Uh, they're not present. You haven't found the right person, the right fit. Things just kind of fell into place. But um, one odd thing that we didn't touch on is that allowed growth too is the payment plans for forecasting. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we didn't touch on is that when you have the next person that comes to the door, a lot of folks, will, you know, there's my monthly budgeting. I need 10 grand next month for budgeting. Your case now costs $10,000 instead of offering a service for the price that should correlate with the amount of work you're doing. And so we were able to see six months out what we're going to be doing in six months. So it, it adds that piece to it. So now we're able to sit at the table and forecast and say, you know, we've got a client or another attorney interviewing on Tuesday for another position. We can see A, we can do it, or B, we can't. So we're now finally at a place where we can have a little bit more foresight to make those judgment calls because in the past it was, hold on. Just hold on and, really. and make them on the fly and hope you got it right. You know what I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, so in other words, like because you have the payment plans and you know there's a certain uh, – you know, like stick rate to those payment plans, you can forecast, okay, in this month we're making this, but this month we're really making this. And as, and if we continue to our, increase our enrollments and get the help here, you just kind of know what that income is going to be projecting forward. And it gives yeah. you the confidence you need to yeah. make that next time. If somebody decision, signed right? up on a payment plan from now until May, then you just look at your books. This is already forecasted for these many months. And, and you can kind of, if you go to the numbers and you can see how much may traditionally fall off kind of equation, but you can kind of get a pretty close ballpark to what you're going to have coming through the door and, so that you can prepare. And we've implemented a, a, another thing that's kind of particular to the way we do this. And that's a financing arm for the firm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've created that internally in a business that we own uh, that will fund those payment plans up front. So right. now we get the cash flow coming in the door. You sign a $5,000 case, $500 hour down payment. You know, you've got forty five hundred hours of sitting out there. That, that, that now we get that five thousand dollars less the fees, that, that yeah. the financing and, and 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 the administration of it. I won't go into great detail of it, but now we've created a scenario where we get it right then. Mm-hmm. So now we have cash flow. Now we can really plan. Now we yeah. can really deal. You know, because before we were just you know holding on by the seat of our pants, but it, we knew it was working, and and you know. Yeah. We did what we could do, and it, mm-hmm. it and, and held on. Uh, but anyway, that's no. I I don't think we could have done anything much differently. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe better advice if if, and I don't want to jinx myself. Maybe better advice if there were if there was more bad luck. But again, I consider myself very lucky. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I it's it's been it's, it's been, been it's amazing. Been one crazy good luck fall into the next. Mm-hmm. It really has. And if I don't know if you're about to close or if you're going to, I just want to say thank you, Dave. Mm, thank you very much, man. Thank you, Dave. You've made our lives, man. I come in and say thank you, Dave. Appreciate it so much. Well, yeah, man, it's been a real pleasure, you know, as I've said this before for you guys, just working with you and, uh, you know, seeing how you've applied the model, taking it to the next level. We've learned a lot in terms of 
seeing your guys' growth and what's real po what's possible and the amount of time you've done it. We've had other firms do it, but you've taken a really systemized way of doing it. And uh, it's really exciting just to think about what's going to be possible when this is fully unfurled, you know, because it's really just the beginning for you guys. <laughs> and also, more importantly, like, gosh, it's so great to know that there's a firm that's going to be serving thousands of clients across Tennessee a month yeah. or hundreds of clients, maybe even get to thousands yeah. in affordable ways. You know, the biggest firms in the country are all 10, 20, $30,000, you know, because they're white shoe and they're big established firms. They got yeah. 50 lawyers and so forth. And, you know, to imagine that you guys could be serving the amount of volume of clients and it's still, you know, $500 down and, and, and we set you up on a payment plan, work with your budget. And guess what? You're going to have a lawyer representing you for that. Yeah, it's right. really thrilling. It, and it's it, really it exciting. Is. I really appreciate the fact that you guys have stuck with that and that it's working so well for you and what that stands for in terms of potential to average folks and getting the services they need and get the help they need as well. Uh, in, you know, all these practice areas we're going to be serving. Hey? It's, it's, it's a great thing to do just to help out folks that, wouldn't have had legal representation at all. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's really great. It really yeah. is. And I'm also just excited that you guys are doing so well financially as a result, right? That you don't have to trade, you know, making, you know, we're not volunteering our way to providing this help for folks. You guys are killing it financially, yeah. you know, which is awesome. Right. And that's really the biggest misnomer about this is that, Oh, well, if we, you know, if we start solving, you know, working with folks that are lower middle income and so forth, and or even injured folks that, you know, we have to volunteer or, or provide a service. that's not going to be, uh, financially fruitful. Uh, but what's really exciting about it for you guys as well is that you guys are all achieving your goals financially. Uh, and that's great. You know, you can, it's a win-win in that regard. You can do both. Yep. You can. Do good and make bank. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You can. I think that's what most of the, 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 the truly successful people find and accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, they provide a service that helps people and then more people want to have that same help and do it. You know, you can touch a million people at a dollar a time and you'll make a million dollars or you can be like another firm and do one person for a million dollars. I don't think we mind whichever way, but I prefer to touch a million people and yeah. to provide that service across a million people to get to that number. So that's what we're happy to do. Mm -hmm. We enjoy it. It works. Yes, it, it does. does. All right, guys. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Um, looking forward to uh, the night ahead and, and enjoying all that Knoxville has to offer, but Really glad that we were able to sit down and take the time here, guys. It's been a lot of fun working with you over the past year and a half and certainly going to be doing everything we can to support you in the years ahead. And uh, for those of you that are listening, you know, when you're ready to take on the, the scaling challenge of taking it to the next level, uh, it's possible. And these are the systems and, and components that make that possible. And, uh, you know, we'll be there uh, as, as a team to support you in providing the, the resources and systems to, to get to that next level if that's the direction you want to go. If not, there's nothing wrong as well with... Uh, you know, just accomplishing some goals and get some extra clients too. But uh, for those that are interested, uh, there's a pathway here and and uh, we'll be available to help you take the next level. So we appreciate you taking the notes, tuning into the podcast, applying this in your practice, and uh, certainly uh, being committed to finding ways to help people in an affordable way as well along the way. So uh, thanks again for tuning in and we'll certainly look forward to seeing you on the next episode. For more information about how our exclusive unbundled leads can help you grow your practice, visit our website at unbundledattorney.com. You can watch each new episode of the podcast on the Unbundled Attorney YouTube channel, or if you prefer to listen, you can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And be sure to subscribe so you get each new episode as soon as it's available. And remember to leave us your review on iTunes. We read each and every one of them and really appreciate your support of the show. Once again, thanks for listening.